Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. Welcome back to another episode of Fearless. And I'm excited because July 4th is right around the corner. When I look back at my childhood, Thanksgiving was always my favorite holiday. And then, of course, just as a child, you love Christmas. But July 4th, I have wonderful memories with my family celebrating this country that we're blessed to live in, celebrating our freedom and our independence. And I love July 4th. So I always look forward to it. But that means it's summertime, and I know many of you were excited for summer, especially for those that have children. I love it. Um, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is going to be my last episode of Fearless just for a few weeks. I'm going to take the rest of the summer off with my children to enjoy it. We have had a crazy few weeks in my household. I should say months. We have uh, put our house on the market. It is under contract. I've already moved it out because my children and I, if you've followed me on social media or for the last couple of years, you know that my family, we spend our summers in Alaska working with Samaritan's Purse and our project up there called Operation Heal Our Patriots, which is a lodge and a project of Samaritan's Purse for wounded veterans and their spouses to get a week away from life, to come up and get marriage counseling, spiritual counseling, and enjoy all the Alaska activities that have to offer. And this year is pretty special because also partnered with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, we are hosting two weeks focused on our law enforcement and those in our law enforcement that have also been injured and they are able to come up with our spouses. So it's pretty neat. So my kids and I are heading up there with my parents uh, for the rest of the summer. We'll be back in August with Fearless, but I just wanted you to know this is the last one just for the summertime so I can enjoy it with my family. When we are getting ready to celebrate July 4th and thinking about the freedom in this country and how we are to cherish that and what a precious gift that has been. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, there seems to be just a lot of anger and a lot of fear with all the events that have happened in the last year in this country. And I think many people are fearful They're probably fearful for just the future, maybe the future generation, especially if you're raising children. And I think many people right now are just raw with emotions. You know, we all know right now we have this urgency to want to do something. We want to, we have this urgency, especially for those who are listening on Fearless, to fight and to have change. But um, I've had so many women, especially women, I should say, come up to me in the last few months ever since, you know, last fall to see what do we do? What can we do? You know, they're worried for the education system. They're worried with all the political things that have happened, raising this next generation. What can we do? So they have this urgency to act. And that's, you know, women of all ages, whether young in college, you got young moms, grandmothers, they have this urgency. And I was trying to think of all of our different backgrounds that we come from, those who are listening here on Fearless. Many of us come from different states, all different parts of the country. There's even those listening um, outside of our country. But for those in us celebrating July 4th, you know, what is that common thread of all of our different backgrounds? What is it that ties us all together? 
And as I started thinking about it, I think the thing that ties us all together is that we're all fighting for freedom and we're fighting for truth. You know, especially with the 4th of July coming up, when we think of America, us as like freedom lovers, we believe this is the greatest country this world has ever seen. Not because really of our military power and might, yes, of course of that, but not really that, but because of the freedom that was established in this country by the generations who came before us. You know, so many Americans, we enjoy our freedoms without really thinking or understanding about how those freedoms came to be. You know, I think our forefathers, they feared God. And so many people ask, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to fear God? And it simply means that they took him seriously. Our forefathers took God seriously. They took his word seriously. And that God's word was the foundation on which this country was built upon. The Bible was the center of the founding of America. And no matter what cancel culture tries to tell you and try to tell me, that's the truth. That America and the foundation of America was centered around the Bible. And that biblical foundation is what drove America to be a light in this world. You know, America's altered the course of history for the better. And God's hand, when you look at history, has uniquely been on this nation. In this country, it's been a city on a hill. Um, You know, America, it has truly been a leader among nations. And when I've traveled around the world with Samaritan's Purse or the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, I meet people from other countries who say they pray for America because they know the essential truth. They know if America loses its freedom, Our country cannot be advocating for freedom elsewhere. And the consequences of that would be dire for humanity. America has always valued freedom, which was the reason for the Civil War and the end of slavery in the U.S. We partnered with other nations to defeat the Nazis. And Ronald Reagan, he challenged a communist world leader to tear down this wall in his famous speech in West Berlin back in 1987. And in recent years, I think back of those images of like three American prisoners from North Korea when they came back to American soil and those smiles when they got off the plane and President Trump met them. I think about how we have helped facilitate peace in the Middle East in the recent years. But when we think of America and the freedom, there's so much more, especially when it comes to women. And of course, women's issues are very important to me. And I think for America and the women in America, it's, of course, so different from so many other countries that, you know, I as a woman and as a mom, I have the freedom to raise my family the way I see fit. I have the freedom to choose my own career and the freedom to protect myself. And I have the freedom to choose to vote. It's a precious freedom that is not guaranteed in places like China and Iran, North Korea. We have the freedom to choose when and where we wanna worship and how we're gonna raise our family. And I think as a mom, especially with a young girl, I have the freedom to raise her, to grow up knowing and believing that she can do anything that she sets her heart and her mind to. But many in the world, and sadly, even in our own country, they hate the United States. And that's been a difficult thing, I think, to watch over recent years, and especially in the recent months that they hate the moral truth 
that has been represented in this country. But when you drill down to it and you look at the details, what they ultimately hate is the truth upon which this country was built. And that is simply the truth of God's word. And sadly, here, which we call the greatest nation on earth, we have a generation rising up who thinks that they'll find freedom in socialism, communism, Marxism, any other ism under the sun, which all have proven not to work. They have all failed greatly around the world. But we have those rising up who think that that is where they'll find their freedom. And when I look at it, and what's happening is they're simply rejecting the precious gift of freedom. And to us, that seems like pure insanity. For those who are listening that I know are like-minded to me, to reject the gift of freedom that's been given in America seems like um, just pure insanity. And I think back just a few months ago, I took my children down to the Everglades and we went on an airboat ride. And this airboat ride had this little uh, kind of a petting zoo, which was mostly alligators because yes, in South Florida, we pet alligators. But we went on this like winding path and they had some other exotic animals. And we go around this corner and there's these two cages and one is a Siberian tiger and the other one is a lion. But I looked at these creatures that were so majestic and especially the lion. And I was just staring at him. And here I thought that he's got, you know, free healthcare. He's got free food. Um, you know, he's got free housing in this tiny little cage. I'm not talking about the Disneyland uh, animal kingdom here. This is a tiny little cage there in the Everglades, but he's got free housing. And I just thought this lion has absolutely no true freedom. You know, that's so much of what socialism is, that everything's given to you, but you don't have any freedom. But our constitution, which I know for those who are listening, once again, we all love the constitution and it allows us to speak freely and we should do so. We should always speak, as I always say here on Fearless, both with truth and with grace. And of course, there's that word again, truth. The, one of the things I think we're all fighting for, freedom and truth. And in today's culture, truth's a relative term. We've discussed that many times here on Fearless, that everyone has their own truth. We're all here today, and you know, of course, we're all saying we're fighting for truth. You know, when you look at politics or you look at education system, everybody's got their own truth. The Democrats over here have their truth. Republicans over here have their truth. And we live in this postmodern world, which means truth is defined by the individual. We all have our own truths. There's no absolute truth. But when in reality, nothing could be more wrong than that. And when I was 19 years old, I had to figure out what truth meant to me. And I've shared that before, that it was, I had to decide at 19 years old, what was truth in this postmodern world? And what was it to me? I remember walking on campus. I went to Liberty University for two years. And then I transferred because I fell in love with a very handsome football player. And I transferred back to Appalachian State University, which is in my hometown of Boone, North Carolina. I ate a lot of my words to move back home with my parents in college. I'd had all these plans to go to Liberty University and to get a job on Capitol Hill and um, work my way up. But all of that came to a screeching halt when I fell in love. And I came back and I remember when I walked onto Appalachian State, which is, of course, very liberal campus. And my first class, my teacher asked me, you know, where I transferred from. And I said, Liberty University. 
And she looked down her nose through her glasses at me and said, oh, Miss Liberty. She hated Jerry Falwell, which would have been Jerry Falwell Sr. at the time. She hated him. And I just knew that that was going to be an interesting time. And I had her class, uh, different classes of hers throughout my two years there. And all her classes were open debate format. And we discussed very tough topics. And I was the only Christian um, that I know of. There might've been other Christians, but they weren't going to speak up. And the only conservative in the class. And I had to figure out, you know, my truth couldn't be the truth of Billy Graham. It couldn't be the truth of Franklin Graham. I had to know what did I believe and why did I believe it? But I want to ask you in this world that everybody's got their own truth, what is truth? Every one of us asked that question at some point in our life. And that question was asked by a man named Pontius Pilate. And he asked it over 2,000 years ago. And many of you know the story. And he was the Roman governor in Judea when Jesus was arrested. And he was the one who had to decide, would Jesus be crucified or would he be set free? And he knew Jesus was innocent after asking him questions. And he didn't understand why the crowds wanted him to be crucified. And when examining Jesus, and he looked into the eyes of Jesus and asked the same question that each one of us have asked at some point in our life, he asked, what is truth? And I believe, you know, when reading the Gospels, that he asked that probably with a little bit of a sarcastic tone. Oh, yeah, well, what is truth? But Pilate, he had to make a decision. And he was going to have to decide what to do with Jesus, which all of us have to decide at some point in our life. What are we going to do with Jesus? And Pilate, one, he could hand him over to the demanding crowds, or two, he could set Jesus free. But instead of standing for what was right, what he knew was right in his heart, he gave in to the demands of the crowd because he was afraid of what that decision would cost him. He was more concerned with protecting his territory, his political power, and he couldn't stand boldly because his own agenda was more important than the truth. And doesn't that sound familiar of what we see, what's happening in Washington today? Not much has changed in 2,000 years. So what did he do? We know the story. He handed Jesus over to be executed. And I just think, like, how often are we like Pilate? Because our heart doesn't have the foundation of truth. We don't know God's word. We don't know what truth is. So we bypass our conscience and we give in to the popular demands of the world. And in a world of relativism, how can we know what truth is? It's simple. And I've encouraged you that over and over here on Fearless that we have to know God's Word. These issues are getting more and more tough. And those that argue against God's Word and those who argue against God's truth, their arguments have even gotten more strong. So we have to be prepared to always give an answer, that we have to know God's Word to correct, teach, and rebuke in a world. And I want to encourage you that. Over the summer, there's some great books. Start studying and don't cut yourself short. Don't think, oh, sissy, I'm not a theologian. I'm not smart enough to know God's word on some of these tough subjects. Let me tell you, I have struggled with that greatly in the past to think I'm not as smart as those in my family. I'm not as smart as my brother or my father or my grandfather. And 
all these great women in ministry who I follow, I have struggled with that. But you are, and I want to encourage you this summer, you know, start small. Start uh, in a book maybe that you have wanted to study for a long time. Um, I mean, a book in the Bible. And then open up, um, open up God's Word. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit will start and find those that you trust, you know, in their commentary to help you after you've read it. I'm even going to do that for myself this summer. I have a couple of things that I've wanted to study. I'm continuing to study pretty in-depth Revelation. I've been doing it very slowly. And, um, and there's some other books that have been on my list that I've wanted to study more in depth. So that's what I'll also I'll be doing over these next couple of weeks uh, in July when I'm not recording Fearless. But you ask me, I think, I think for some of those who are listening and, okay, we say the Bible's truth, but what does that mean? What is truth? And there's one truth. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And if for some reason somebody's listening today and they don't know that, you know, I want you to know there's one God, that God is holy. He loves you dearly. He created you for divine and unique purpose. He knew you before the foundations of the earth, but sadly, our sin has separated us from God. And sin, I think, especially as a millennial, and the next generation, Gen Z, sin is a word that we don't like. But yep, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And people often, they look and they wonder, why does God have so many rules? I was even explaining this to my little girl in the car the other day. And I said, it's because God loves you, that He gives us rules to live by, laws to live by, because He wants to protect you. And I was trying to explain to her, just as a parent, just as I give her rules that she can't run in the road, she can't run with a knife or play with knives. Why? Because that would be dangerous to her life because I know what's best for her and I'm trying to protect her. And that God's a heavenly father who loves us and protects us. That That's why he gives us the laws to live by. But then with sin, because it separates us, that we have to repent. And that's another word, repent. Um, it's a word we don't like. It's kind of a dark and a harsh word, I feel like, especially in this generation. It's a word we don't use very much. And I was listening to my grandfather on a message the other day on Sirius XM, and um, actually quite a few messages, and it's always about repentance. And I think we live in a nation, if we as Christians are wanting to have revival, if we are wanting true change in the heart of this nation— we have to talk about repentance and so many people don't talk about repentance because it's a dark and heavy word. But when you think about repentance, it's actually a beautiful word because it means we turn away from our sins, that we ask for forgiveness. It means it gives us a fresh start, a new life, a new beginning. And I just think of repentance more, I've started to look at it in a more beautiful way than probably what my generation has tried to illustrate it as. But the truth is, God's laws and His standards, they don't change with our culture. And we see that happening more and more, even inside the church. The church is compromising the truth of God's Word. They're not even teaching God's Word. We've talked about that here in Fearless, uh, especially in the um, Lisa Childers episode of what many churches are uh, teaching and speaking today. They don't talk about sin because that would make their congregation uncomfortable. They don't want to talk about sin, and they definitely don't talk about repentance. Um, but even with culture and even what some of the culture inside of our church is telling us, 
God's standards and his laws don't change. But here's the really good news. There, I would, as a friend told me the other day, there is a truth vaccine for sin. There is, um, the good news is you and I, we can't do anything because our sin separates us because Jesus did it all on the cross. And all we have to do is put our faith in Him and our hope in Him, ask us to come into our lives and um, to forgive us and to guide us and to show us His truth. And that's the hope that we hold. That's the hope that we carry. And the Bible says that the truth will set you free. In John 8, it said, uh, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And as we follow him, we experience true freedom, freedom from bondage, the freedom from fear that many people have been facing this year. We have the freedom from anxiety, which seems to be paralyzing a generation. We have the freedom from insecurity and from ourselves and we are set free. You see, truth and freedom, they go together. You can't have true freedom without the truth of Jesus. And it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You see, the greatest freedom that was ever provided is rooted in the greatest love story ever told. And that's of Jesus Christ when he spread his arms out wide for the entire world to see. And he surrendered his life on that cross. Because of his love, because of that love of Jesus, he provided a way for us to have freedom, freedom from that sin that held us captive. And he alone provides us freedom, freedom for our soul. See, we have people rejecting freedom here in this country, and we think that's crazy, but we also have people who reject the freedom for their soul. God gives us a choice to choose him or to reject him. He doesn't make us bow a knee to him as we see, although in scripture we know that one day, all knees will bow and worship him. But we see so much in our culture that are demanding us to bow a knee to their cause. God doesn't make us. He gives us that choice to choose him or to reject him. He's not this grand puppeteer up above in heaven pulling our strings down here. Because that's the beauty of freedom, that we have a choice. That's an unconditional love found only in Jesus. And we have those rejecting freedom here in our own country, which— it seems insane, but what about you? And I don't do that too often here on Fearless because I know the majority of those who have chosen to listen to my podcast know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But there are many of you, like Pilate, you're gonna have to choose what to do with Jesus. And are you gonna choose him or reject him? Because Jesus, when you choose him, he gives you the ultimate freedom. We have this sign up at Samaritan's Purse, our lodge in Alaska, about the American soldier. And you see the American freedom that we experience that we're gonna celebrate here on the 4th of July. American freedom was purchased with blood and that's the blood of American soldiers. And your freedom, the freedom for your soul was also purchased with blood and that's the blood of Jesus. And you see our fight here in this country, it's not Republican versus Democrat or liberal versus conservative, or even woke versus unwoke. It's the epic battle of good versus evil, truth versus a lie. This is the powers of hell or the promises of heaven. Your freedom was bought with a price, both in America and for your soul. 
And the free gift of spiritual freedom will make all the difference in the world in your life. And my prayer is that you will accept it. And to do that, you have to turn from your sins, ask Jesus to forgive you for your sins, ask Him to come live in your life, to guide you, to show you His truth, His truth, where you will find the ultimate freedom. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Fearless. Once again, I will be taking a few weeks off to enjoy this summer with my children, but follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to see what my family and I are doing up in Alaska with Samaritan's Purse and Operation Hill Our Patriots. God bless. Have a great 4th of July, and I'll be back in a couple weeks.